Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 FM, The Answer, coming to you live from Studio 4 right here in Columbus. And I'm joined on the phone line by State Representative Marilyn John. She is a Republican from Shelby, which is in Richland County, which is where I reside. Uh, State Representative John, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you this afternoon? Waiting, waiting. Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> uh, Jeff is going to uh, work on getting Representative John on the line. And uh, but before we do that, I want to remind you to check out the Freedom Foundation and their webpage, optouttoday.com. That's optouttoday.com. Just a reminder, you can go there and opt out seamlessly and simply from your union. And when you do that, you're going to save on average $1,100 per year. Now, that's real money given Bidenomics, but the better part of that equation is that money does not go into the coffers of union bosses because union bosses do things like, you know, fund the LGBTQ progressive movements in our schools. Uh, They work hard to make sure that our kids are plugged into a social-emotional learning model or a critical race theory model. And I hear you. Oh, that doesn't happen in schools. They deny it all the time. Well, maybe you should go back to the Ohio Press Network and take a look at the four investigative reports that we published last year with video evidence in schools in the Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, and Toledo areas where educators are caught on tape basically saying, well, if CRT isn't in in favor, we'll call it something else. And uh, we'll just divert the conversation. We'll talk around it. Uh, Pretty scary stuff. So going to optouttoday.com will help you uh, keep the money away from union bosses because, look, I don't like progressive policies in our schools. We can, we can have public debate discussions on some laws that we write into the books, but stay away from the kids. Speaking of the kids, um, <clears throat> there's a bill, and I believe it's called Equal Parent Time and Responsibilities for a Child, and it was put together by State Representative Marilyn John and State Representative Rodney Creech. And do we have Representative John on the line with us now? All right. We're going to bypass that for right now. So what we'll do is uh, I'll go through the summary of this bill. And the bill is, first of all, it doesn't seem like it has received a lot of action. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Uh, it was it was created. And let's see. Status <clears throat> in uh, right around Valentine's Day. So February 15th, it was introduced and the 16th. It was referred to the Civil Justice Committee on the 21st. It was recalled to rules and reference. And uh, why did they do that? I don't know. Oh, because they reassigned it to uh, families and aging. 
That's the committee where it resides now. And uh, it is authored by Marilyn John, Rodney Creech, two Republican lawmakers. Now, this is important for a couple of reasons. And uh, if you go to legislature.ohio.gov and type in House Bill 3, it's actually House Bill 14 now. I apologize. House Bill 14 then you'll see regards equal parental time and responsibilities for a child. And when you go to, let's see, documents, you can click on, this is a really cool thing. If you don't know how to do this, I, I recommend that you do it. Analysis, uh, in, as introduced by the committee. So this will give you an analysis of this bill, but any bill. And I look, I realize this is like policy wonk stuff, but – in order for the experiment of a great America to work, we have to have an informed citizenry. And guess what? Sometimes you have to bypass the press because they don't tell you the full story. Newsflash. So when you go uh, look at these summaries, the Ohio Legislative Service Commission puts these together. That is a nonpartisan group of attorneys that analyzes the bills you know, through the lens of the U.S. Constitution, the Ohio Constitution, existing Ohio Revised Code sections, and then even does – economic analysis at times. So they do a really good job. Now, the allocation of parental rights and responsibilities, it establishes a couple of key things. Uh, it, is, it permits a court to allocate parental rights and responsibilities under a shared parenting order that incorporates a shared parenting agreement that parents jointly submit, not one attorney on behalf of the parent who has the most money or a bully attorney. Have you ever faced that in a courtroom or worse in negotiations? I have. I'd love to tell you that story. I'm sure he'd file a lawsuit against me, though. Uh, a parental rights and responsibilities order if no shared parenting order is issued. It establishes a rebuttal presumption that a jointly submitted shared parenting agreement for the allocation of parental rights and responsibilities is in the best interest of the child unless the court finds by clear and convincing evidence that the allocation would be detrimental to the child. So what this bill seeks to do is to provide equal parenting rights and responsibilities. Now, have you gone through the process before, whether it's through divorce or paternity or uh, child custody cases? When you go through the juvenile and domestic court system, I'm here to tell you there are, there are a couple of things. And this is what I would ask uh, Representative John if we do get her on the line. We'll go through more details of the bill. Uh, but I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here when I say that Oftentimes, um, the courts are biased toward the mother. Okay, so that's my number one presumption. If you don't agree with it, call me, 844-TALK-989. That's 844-825-5989. Here the, here's the other thing that I've, I've encountered. There is an arrogance among magistrates. There is an arrogance about what they think they know and what they are going to impose on both parties. Now, I get it. We all live according to our schema, and that's just a fancy way of saying we live based on the experiences that, we, that we've had. But there's an arrogance with magistrates and judges where parental rights are involved, and it's disgusting. And it's also expensive, by the way, uh, you know, because you can file a change of venue. That costs money. You can uh, you know, bring in experts to counter what you think the bias of the judge is or the argument of the other parent is, but that's a lot of money. Guardian ad litems, they're biased too. Find a good guardian ad litem. Find a good attorney. Find a good guardian ad litem. And I'll tell you what, there, there are some attorneys, I've, I've lived this, who spin the wheel. That's what I'm going to call it. 
They spin the wheel. They tell their client that they've got a heck of a case and that they're going to bend you over the barrel and we're, we're going we're gonna to win this case. We're going to get – and so they get their client, you know, frothing, emotional, fired up, spending money. And so when, the other, when one parent is spending money, right, and they're filing these, uh, you know, amended orders or they're filing evidence or they're filing additional claims in the case, well, you have to counter – and so this attorney spins the wheel, and then your attorney spins the wheel. And at the end of the day, the attorney gets a bigger house and a bigger boat, and you have debt, and you have trauma from the pro- – and I mean it, trauma from the process, and the poor kid gets dragged through all of it. So I don't know. Am, am I passionate about this <laughs> this proposed piece of legislation? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. And uh, at some point – and I do want to apologize to State Representative Marilyn John. I think we're having some some technical difficulties. So we will work to get her back on the show. But the bill is called Equal Parent Time and Responsibilities for a Child. And uh, it, it really does aim to make sure that the rights and the responsibilities are equally doled out and that agreements are made between a parents between parents because they come together and create a shared parenting agreement. And the court essentially, if this law passes, has to accept that unless there is clear and convincing evidence. Now, the other part that we have to ask about is what is clear and convincing evidence? Is that defined? And if it's not, what's the legal precedent? But my my number one issue is how do you combat the arrogance of magistrates, guardian ad litems, and selfish attorneys? Um. Because I'm telling you, there are a lot of parents who have paid for a second house, a college education, because there are unscrupulous attorneys who really should be sanctioned by the Bar Association on the other side, who tell lies, who fabricate stories, who get their clients fired up to spend a ton of money. And at the end of the day, they've got fat bank accounts and often fat belly lines because they're lazy and eat donuts. Sorry. (laughs) I'm making a lot of people mad right now. Uh, So we'll get off of this topic. At any rate, um, so thank you to Marilyn John and Rodney Creech for at least starting this process because what is inspected is respected. So now we're inspecting parental rights and responsibilities as they're doled out by the family courts. And that will cause us to have some really good public dialogue if Jason Stevens ever gets off the snide and actually schedules sessions because he's not afraid to be vacated. Um, I don't know. I talked to a couple of state representatives last week, and it sounds like there are only a couple of sessions scheduled uh, yet this year and then maybe one before uh, the election next year. So I don't know how active uh, the General Assembly is going to be. But uh, if it is going to be active, I would encourage you to call your lawmakers and tell them, tell them to understand House Bill 14 and to push Jason Stevens and uh, members of the committee to get it out of committee and get it on the floor. It's called regards equal parental time and responsibilities for a child. Hey, more on the other side of this break on the Bruce Woolley show. All right, we are in hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show. And again, an apology to State Representative Marilyn John. We'll get you back on the show soon to discuss an important piece of legislation that you and 
State Representative Rodney Creech have put together that aims to give equal rights and responsibilities to both parents. Uh, and uh, as a dad who's had to go through the swamp of the process in the domestic and juvenile courts, uh, I say thank you. My, my hope is that it doesn't get watered down by lobbyists for uh, judges and lawyers and uh, guardians uh, because the arrogance uh, is incredible in that group. And I mean it. It's incredible. They, they know. They know what you don't know, and they're going to tell you what you don't know, and it's their courtroom, and you're not going to argue with them unless you have a good attorney who actually presents a case and evidence. And by the way, that takes a boatload of money. So I uh, can't wait to talk to uh, State Representative Creech and uh, State Representative John on this matter later. So uh, talking about a matter that will be decided later, uh, the GOP-led House passes a short-term spending bill uh, with a bipartisan vote. Now, the continuing resolution that we talked about yesterday continues the current level of federal spending and includes a one-year extension of the Farm Bill, which contains funding for food stamps and SNAP benefits. So those programs will continue. And um, it was passed as House Speaker Johnson wanted it to be and said that it would uh, avoid a government shutdown. It passed overwhelmingly 336 to 95. And uh, conservative House members have vowed to vote against the CR and released a formal statement in opposition to the measure ahead of the floor vote. Um, But to no avail, the bill provides further continuing fiscal 20 fiscal year 24 appropriations to federal agencies that fall under the military construction and veterans affairs, transportation and housing and urban development, agriculture and energy and water appropriations bills through January 19th, 2024 and remaining agencies through February 2nd, 2024, according to House Majority Leader Steve Scalise's office. So uh, one of the keys, though, is that it passed a spending bill without Ukrainian aid. Well, that's important. And so I'm going to dive into a tweet that J.D. Vance put out yesterday. And if we have time, I'm going to try to step through uh, the article that he referenced and maybe have some meaningful commentary about it. And, of course, you're welcome to call 844-TALK-989. That's 844-825-5989 and tell me what you think about the House kicking the can down the road uh, on this uh, with this resolution that the Senate has uh, picked up today and will cuss and discuss and I'm, I'm sure vote on. Uh, but more importantly, what do you think about the Ukraine aid? So Vance tweeted yesterday, those of us who called for peace negotiations early in the Ukraine war have been vindicated. The only question now is how many more Ukrainians should die for the fantasies of people who've been wrong about everything? I will, without even diving into the article right yet, I will say this. Isn't it interesting that we're calling for a ceasefire in Israel, but we want to fight a war against Russia with Ukraine. Now, the war strategist in me, and I'm not much of a war strategist, though I am a strategist, makes me think that Ukraine is somebody's proxy. And 
might have something to do with China, but I don't want to get that deep in the weeds because we've been deep in the weeds already today a lot. So um, Vance references this article, Compact, a bitter vindication for Ukraine doves. And uh, after alternatively ignoring and vilifying advocates for restraint in Ukraine, the foreign policy establishment is coming around to, wait for it, restraint. Over the past few months, uh, American and European diplomats have been urging the Ukrainian government to sue for peace. Quote, the conversations have included very broad outlines of what Ukraine might need to give up to reach a deal. That, according to NBC News over the weekend, citing unnamed officials on both sides of the Atlantic. The discussions are an acknowledgement of the dynamics military on the ground in Ukraine and politically in the U.S. and Europe. For the better part of two years, opponents of escalation called for exactly such a course of action, only to be told that it is immoral, unrealistic, or both. Pro-diplomacy voices have consistently maintained that peace talks and some kind of negotiated settlement would be in the best interests of ordinary Ukrainians and their war-battered country, and that the U.S. government should use its leverage to make that happen. They rolled out a litany of evidence to support the claim that, in the words of Canadian-Ukrainian University of Ottawa professor Ivan Kachevosky, even a bad peace is better than a good war. Restrainers indicated that while Kyiv is certainly justified in defending itself and trying to reclaim territory seized by Russia, the potential cost to Ukraine of a prolonged war would be much worse than the costs of losing territory. They pointed to the conflict's staggering and unsustainable casualty figures for a country with a pre-war population less than a third of Russia's. They also tallied the profound economic costs of continued warfare, which saw Ukraine's GDP shrink by 30% in just the first year. The country survived on the back of international grants and loans that left it deeper in debt and increasingly at the mercy of its neoliberal creditors. Restrainers pointed to The risks of Ukraine's fragile democracy, which I think Vivek Ramaswamy would question, is it a democracy? They prohibit parties from running, a news agency is controlled by the state, but that's a different argument, I guess, for a different day, Uh, which the war had further degraded while accelerating a tendency toward authoritarianism that was present even before the Kremlin launched its invasion. They cited the perils of escalation warning that Putin, both under pressure from his own hardliners and in the face of a stumbling war effort, could amp up the brutality of an already brutal war. So here we are. Maybe now we are going to work for peace, but don't expect an apology. Don't expect an apology from the people who came against the restraint voices in Ukraine. Hey, uh, up next, uh, we've got a surprise for you, so stay tuned. 